one. Hello and welcome to the Poddy, episode two. Your host of the evening, AJ Morris and George Osborne. Special guest for the evening, Jack Richardson. <laughs> oh, dear. That's really good, you know. That's really, that's really good. Uh, yeah, first. <laughs> oh, dear. Best intro ever, I think that. Then we're just going to have to record yeah. that and save it for future episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> as you can tell, guys, we are, we are back. We are joined by a lovely guest this evening in the form of Jack Richardson. So, we're going to just generally talk talk shop about where he's at and also take some listener, listener questions for Jack as well. And I think we've got like, quite a bit to talk about because Jack and his sort of post-show phase and his next directions and things like that are pretty cool. He's got some really, really awesome goals that he wants to chase down. And uh, I know you're going to be talking about things soon in your like YouTube videos and things like that, but this is an opportunity as well, I guess, to sort of discuss where you're going to be heading because people are going to want to know by some point. And I think it's, it's just a, a pretty fucking cool direction to be heading in. So I think first things first, Jack, for like anyone that hasn't managed to cop on to your prep last year through following me or George, you know, that either George being, you know, beaten on a side chest or, <laughs> or definitely being in that most muscular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the most muscular, wasn't it? Either George yeah. being obliterated, um, <laughs> or um, or me posting up about you some somewhere through the prep. Um, give the listeners a little bit of a a background on on you, sort of like what you do, where you're from, and just a general bit about Jack Richardson. Just a bit of a background on you, mate. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a bodybuilder from uh, Stoke. <laughs> um, this year, I competed as a junior um, in the natural competitions. Uh, I competed in BNBF and UK, the FBA. I won the BNBF Midlands and uh, the UK, the FBA Northern. Qualified for both Britishes. Um, came third in the BNBF and second in the UK, the FBA. Um, yeah, and pr- my, my experience prior to that was three years prior um, as a team. That was my first uh, season. I ended up just doing UK the FBA and winning the British for that and, and yeah. coming second. So uh, this year was my second competitive season. Sure. And outside of bodybuilding, what do you do? Do you work in Sainsbury's? Do you do a retail oh, yeah. job? Like, what do you do for a living? Sainsbury's. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I said that. It's Tesco, man. It's Tesco. Tesco. Um, Rick. <laughs> Big we got Tesco's. We prack. <laughs> the best cookies. The cookies. Um, yeah. The Tesco. Cookies. Cookies. <laughs> Luke in the when I look at the cookbook <laughs> on how to bake cookies. <laughs> so, yeah. so what what I do? Um, so I'm an online coach. Uh, my coaching service is called Imperium. I do online coaching like like you guys. Um, and also I work in a gym called Apex, which is down Stoke as well. So yeah. uh, I PT out, outside of there as well. Sure, sure. And still building up sort of a basis within online coaching, things like that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, I know that a lot of people would have probably hooked onto your journey when you were a teen. And we know that I think one of my, my own sort of excitement of following you is how hard you pushed up in off seasons. And it seems to be quite, quite a common trend now within pretty successful young natural bodybuilders, like just the junior field that they're all yeah. getting pretty heavy and pretty, pretty like just pretty fluffy in their off seasons, really. Like, you know, they're not looking like an off season bodybuilder who's, you know, very experienced. Like they're not looking like Dave Kay in off season, not looking like Nate Williams in the off season or anything like that. They're looking like, you know, a little bit of a ball of fluff. And what, what do you think of the, is the importance of those phases that you've been through? And do you think that, that all people should, you know, younger athletes, especially be, be pushing that hard to gain the, the initial muscle mass? I think, I think there is merit to pushing up your weight, but also you need to, to be able to limit it um, as well. So you don't want to be eating infinite amount of food and just um, putting no cap on the scale weight and just getting as big as possible because, you know, there is such thing as putting on too much weight um, and taking yourself too far from your competition stage weight and just making things hard for yourself but there is definitely merit to push up your weight and you know there's a lot of people who are afraid to eat and afraid to lose their abs and afraid to not be lean in the off season and i find when when i did it i put on a lot of tissue i did it initially when i got into training i just spent like my first diet was um for a prep my first time cutting or anything like that and i put on most of my tissue um through that just eating, having fun with training, training hard, training heavy as well. Um, and I did it again. And I put on a lot more tissue. Um, I, I brought a completely different physique um, from when I was a teen. Um, yeah, but it's like if, if you're going to be eating a lot of food, you also have to train really, really hard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And when you, when you were in those those push-up phases, the ones like before we started working, working together and we changed around our training a little bit, were you predominantly training on bro splits? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was, um, it was sort of like for you. It was sort of <laughs> going to the gym. What do I fancy train today? Hmm. I'll train back today. I'm feeling back. I'll go train back and then I'll do, whatever machines um, I'd like, really, with no sort of actual order, um, which is kind of mental now I think about it. Um, yeah. You know, there's no such thing as logbook in my world or, or anything like that. Um, it was just, you know, um, chest. I often did chest with shoulders, um, back. Um, I did arms at the end of those days as well, and then and then a leg day. So it was pretty similar to to a push pull legs, but sometimes I did like shoulders on their own or arms and shoulders. I, again, it was just going on what I felt like doing that day. I, it was more so spontaneously training. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I could never go to the, like, I know tomorrow, I need to know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. Like tomorrow I'm squatting. I need to know that. Like the first thing I wake up, I know what I'm doing. If someone tells yeah. me I'm doing something different, I'm very much like, oh my God, I like, froze me off some, something else. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Even like, like time of the day and stuff like that, I have to t- train at this particular time. And if I'm training an hour later, I'm like, oh my God, other stuff is going to be thrown out and do I have to rush the session? And Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, like I can never I, do that myself. To be fair, since, since training the way I do now, I'm exactly the same. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to that. To that. It's just, it seems absurd now to just think about doing that again. Mm. Uh, yeah. Even training without a logbook or without any sort of regulation in my training, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute with me now, but like back then I was just, I don't know, I was just eating big tubs of pasta and just training whatever I felt like. And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what Gosh, I did. Did you ever train without a logbook? Ever? Is it? George, is that? Ever train oh, me, a sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I've got logbooks to date back to like 2015, 2014. I've gone through like a phase of doing it, but I've, I've definitely um, been logging most of my stuff ever since I started training. I don't yeah. know why. I just, I learned to kind of, appre- like people tell me, why not write it down on your phone? There's apps and stuff like that. I just appreciate having that logbook. Yeah. Like when you get that fresh book and it's, you know, got all these nice, it's like nice, it just looks clean and everything. I, I love a fresh book and just trying, tracking all my, my data. You introduced me to logbooking because I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the moment where I saw someone logbook and thought, ah, okay, I must do that. Because I don't, I don't remember. I think it may well have been one of my first bodyboarding coaches that, well, literally I, only, I think I've only had two coaches. I've only, I've only ever had two coaches. And the first, the first one that I had got me on like, the, my first structured training program and told me that I needed to logbook. But before, before that, I think, I think generally like, I always had the goal of progressive overload. I didn't just go in and sort of think, oh, okay, like do the same session or something. I always want, like, oh, yeah, I think absolutely. for me it was like getting to the end of the dumbbell rack at some of these commercial gyms it was like once i saw someone do the 50s i was like oh, okay i want to do the 50s as well kind of thing so yeah absolutely. always ingrained there a little bit yeah yeah i i was sort of similar in that that sense when i wasn't logging it was like little milestones in, in terms of that like i just was focusing on increasing it just wasn't regulated at all yeah mm. yeah for sure jack i've got i've got a question so I know I've stood next to you. I've had a you know most muscular with you, and you fucking belittled me like no, it's, it's it's embarrassing. Like I look at that phone, and it pisses me off. But other than like like the the basic stuff, of course, with eating food, progressive overload. In terms of what's been successful for you, what else is there uh, apart from the bait? Like you know, everyone everyone needs to know that we need to eat, logbook your stuff, get progressively stronger. Like I've seen some of the stuff that you've done, especially incline dumbbell pressing, stupid amounts. What else? is the secret behind you know, um, the identity that you have. I think, I think what it is is consistency in those phases of doing that. Um, just staying, like I was fat for a long time. I was chubby for a long time. You know, I was nice and fluffy. It wasn't like, oh, I was fluffy for a couple of months and I cut back down. It was like I spent a long time with that poshed up weight. It gave me the ability to get quite strong those lifts. Um, you know, again, and I believe that I controlled the other variables as well. Kept my stress nice and low. Um, my sleep was pretty, pretty good. And I just think everything fell into place without me even needing to focus on it too much. Especially, especially like as a team, that all those things were there. Now thinking about it, now that I'm trying to sort of regulate it now, but all those things were there before. 
without me even trying. Yeah, for sure. Can, can we dive into your prep this year? Um, yeah, sure. I, I want to know, first of all, did you achieve what you wanted to achieve? No, no, I didn't. Um, I think we all know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, okay, so for anyone that didn't know, what, what was the goal for you? So the goal, the goal for me was to win, um, well, at least one British this year and win the Worlds. Uh, probably the WNBF Worlds, uh, win, win the UK, the FBA, because, you know, I won, it as, I won the UK, the FBA as a team. And it was just like, right, okay, I'll have this time away from stage and I'll repeat what I did um, as a junior and hopefully yeah. take the Worlds as well. So a lot, it was just sort of reiterated to me as well uh, quite a few times. Like, like oh, yeah, you're going to win the Worlds. Like, British not even mentioned. I was like, well, I've got a lot of pressure got, on you. Yeah, I've got to go for the British first. I and mean, it was just, I don't know, it was sort of ingrained into my head that was the thing that was yeah. going to happen and kind of I know a lot of the time like I know AJ was very much like we're going to win we're going to win did you ever think about what happened if you didn't of course this year it didn't go how it planned did you expect that or was you kind of from what you've seen this year already you was like right this is mine for the taking and what was your I, mindset kind of like? Because uh, I know we spoke, we spoke quite deeply after you, you got on stage at, at the finals. And I could see in your face, you was very disheartened. So how did, how did you deal with not winning this year? So um, essentially, like, I, there was no second option for me. There wasn't a choice of losing in my head. I, didn't, I put all my eggs in the basket of winning. And yeah. like even, even Molly, my girlfriend, she was... She was she was worried. She was like, she was saying to my friend, she was like, well, if he doesn't win, like, because she, she knew how much this meant to me. So going into it, I, and I didn't, I, I had a pretty unhealthy mindset going into it as well. Just, I tell myself, looking back now, it's very stupid, but it's like, oh, if I don't win, I'm not going to be, you know, worthy. I'm not going to be a good bodybuilder or I'm not going to be uh, worthy of actually getting a pro. I won't be able to be good enough to be pro standard. Uh, so when I came off stage, I was absolutely gutted. I was I was heartbroken uh, because it was just just a shock. It was just a shock more than anything. When you when you promise something to to yourself, whatever that may be, anything, and you you don't get it, then you you're gonna have that shock. So uh, I spent a few a few days sulking about it. But the I think the thing for me was the perspective that I had. It's perspective's key. Uh, so you need to think about the perspective of that situation. So I got one of the perspectives was I got told multiple times that this was one of the t toughest junior lineups they've had this year, and any other year, you know, I might have won. Um, I walked away as a British champion. Another perspective is, you know, think about you know what I have gained through this year, not what I haven't gained, and it was just implementing these thoughts that just made me think okay I've still had success this season because before that it was like right I failed I have failed I have failed this season uh, this whole season is a failure so that was my initial thought and it was like just sitting back and actually putting things in perspective that just made made things a lot better for mm. dealing dealing with it I think, and I think 
Go ahead, Jack. I, I think it's I think it's better as well to lose because I, I watched I watched the podcast that you guys did last, and George mentioned that you know not winning winning the shows um, created like a sort of fire to just improve, go go into the gym and improve, and um, it's a similar thing for me. Like I'm hitting those sessions, I've I've just got it in my head now. I've got to improve. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I was I was very much like that this year as well. Like, my motivation's never been high, like I don't need to get motivated. It's just there. Like seeing mm. what I was looking like this year, it's just there. Like I look at that photo with me and you, and just look how far behind I am compared to yourself. And I just that's all the motivation I need. Um, I'm sure you're very much the same with kind of not getting what you want wanted this year. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I think just to add on the sort of preparation for not winning aspect of things, I think after the qualifiers, I started to drip feed it a little bit that the competition was going to be a lot harder. And we started to talk like a lot more about the finals than we talked about before. Like obviously the goal when we started like was just to win everything. And And I knew that that was in my eyes, given the previous standards more than possible. And, to be fair, we kind of proved that it was more than possible because we had some judges go your way at the finals. Um, it just so happened that it was a incredibly tough year for junior competitors. And you probably chose the one of the hardest ones, if not the hardest ones in the recent decade to, to yeah. get up there. Um, and I think from a coaching perspective, it's, it's a hard one to balance because you don't want to start telling your athlete that you might come second mm. because it shows almost a bit of disbelief that you might not do it. So I always, yeah, absolutely. I always wanted to err on the side of caution with that. And I wanted to drill into you that the chances are that you would like almost definitely win. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's very, very difficult. And then obviously when, you know, talking to, talking to Polly at the show, like, like she'd expressed her worry about you not, you're not winning and what you're going to do after. And I knew you'd go fucking insane. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't need to be told by Molly that you were going to go insane because I knew exactly what it's like to be in that position. And yeah. I would have yeah. lost my hat as well if I hadn't have won. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I already put that emotion in my head because you have that emotion in your head already when you're standing there waiting for the results. You know what it's going to feel like if you don't get it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and that's... And I think, you know, I, I had that at the BM, BMBF version of the juniors. So I, I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to win that. I really wanted to beat yeah. Taft, but you know, I didn't. And um, it's a, it's a bit of a bit of blow. But like both of you guys said, I very much agree that when you don't get exactly what you want, the difference between our, us and a lot of other people is that not getting what we want means we work harder. And a lot of other people don't get what they want and like turn it in basically and give up. Uh, that is a large majority of, of some bodybuilders as well. They think, oh, okay, ah, fuck, I haven't won. Not good enough. Not got good enough genetics. Not good enough that. Not good enough this. And yeah, I think uh, the mindset to improve based on a, a performance or a result you, you didn't want is what's going to take you very far. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I was leading myself up for that sort of mindset saying, if I don't win, I'm not, I'm not made for bodybuilding, or I'm not made to be going yeah. far in this sport, and that's very unhealthy. And looking back now to to do that, I wouldn't recommend anyone sort of set themselves. That's setting yourself up for failure. 
yeah. I just wouldn't recommend anyone doing that. Yeah, for sure. So um, sticking on this topic, I'll go with the next sort of direction, next question. So coming away from the UKDFBA, obviously, you know, you had time for your, your, your thoughts to settle. And we'd already talked in the car, um, the rental car, rushing our way to the airport. Um, on the way back from from Edinburgh, from Scotland, about what you wanted to do next. So I think it's important that, you know, when you disclose what your plans are next is that your plans weren't a reaction to the loss. Your plans were already set in stone prior to that happening. Like, if you'd have won the UKFBA, and what the fuck is George doing? (laughs) You can do that this weekend, can't you? Yeah, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a, the dog decides to play with his toy snake. The media, like, he hasn't played with it all day. He hasn't played with it all day. But as soon as I start a podcast and recording, he starts some confiscated it. I can just That's see it. <laughs> yeah, in the background. <laughs> I'm trying to silently trying, trying to make him stop, but he, so I've just confiscated it. Just <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, I'm always so, get interrupted. So back back on the topic. <laughs> yes, what I was saying is essentially like. Your plans were already there before you even got that result. If you'd have gone yeah. to the world, the plans would have still been very similar. Um, they wouldn't have changed at all. So um, essentially what, what listeners want to know is like sort of what's what's next and, and what is your sort of ultimate goal within bodybuilding? And after that sort of, you know, after this season, what, what have you moved on to to now and, and where are your, your goals headed? So just, just run them through it. Yeah, so uh, what, what's next? This has been in consideration from when I stepped off stage as a team. And this has been something I, I've considered and contemplated. And I thought, right, I'll do one more season as a junior and we'll see how we do then. Um, and, you know, see if I still enjoy the process before I make this decision. And the, the decision is to go and attempt for an IFBB Pro card in the classic physique um and uh, the, the reason behind that is just because i find myself literally fascinated by that 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 class like i'm watching it at the olympia i'm constantly i've constantly watched this year's olympia um i watched i watched the open and i i don't know i just sort of popped me off I, I just didn't i wasn't as blown back blown away as i was with the, the classic physique I, I just looked at those physiques and thought, okay, that's. Um, approached the off season uh, to gain as much tissue as needed to get within that class. So whether that be one year off or two years off, I'm going to gain as much tissue as needed to have a pro worthy physique. Um, so, for the height to weight limit, I put in the five eight five nine category, so that would give me a limit of one hundred ninety pounds. So if I was to, uh, I compete at around about one hundred seventy pounds this year. So if I was to compete um, in the in the exact same condition, I would need at least twenty pounds of lean muscle to to add onto the frame. So that that is essentially the goal, but adding it onto the right places essentially. So with the plan, obviously written by yourself, uh, we're prioritizing um, weaker weak body parts like the back um, and, you know, putting in compounds like deadlifts and things like that. 
and reintroducing them to to get a, a balanced physique. Yeah, cool. So I think for a lot of listeners, I think perhaps they'd have already made an assumption that that was maybe the route you were going to head because mm. you have got and uh, my my perspective on this. And I was talking to this about this with one of my clients the other day. It's like I fully understand why someone wants to go down that route based on the fact that they've got potential to do well down that route. And I think we're all agreed here that you have very good potential down that route. Appreciate that. Um, because at the end of the day, it is about how you respond to a weight training stimulus. And you've shown already that even with injuries and, you know, subpar training splits, um, going in training by feel, you've built a fuckload of tissue, you know, and, you know, some of the time, you know, your execution has been not there and that's why you've accumulated yeah. niggles. And, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. To still yeah. build the amount of muscle you have with that approach is, 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 is outstanding, you know? So to now have, you know, focus on nailing execution, um, obviously being smart with, you know, food increments and, um, also being smart with the way that you use assistance, it's only going to add up to something pretty fucking cool in my opinion. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, I don't think I've ever been in a, uh, in a state in the stage where I've been this optimal in terms of having the right training split, having the right nutrition protocols, um, having, you know, like I'm able to online coach now. Um, so this, I don't have a very stressful job. Whereas I used to work nights, back doors and things like that. Um, and obviously I've, and obviously the assessor as well as P, PEDs. Um, these are all things coming into play, which are making me quite, quite optimistic, quite, eager for the for the off season ahead uh yeah man george you got any questions on that uh not really no i haven't i think you've i think you summed that quite that bit out quite well in terms of you know what you know what you need to do it just requires a little bit of time and patience to do so um i, I kind of wanted to talk about there was a few i wanted to dive into your prep but i just wanted to dive into also your post like show kind of rebound i know Based upon your updates, you're like what 202 pounds, something like that. I saw, uh, um, yeah, I was 205 today. 205, that's what about <laughs> that's about where yeah. my off season ended, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, so you're roughly what like 35 pounds up. Uh, I know that you had a few lows at like 167 during the prep and stuff like that, so maybe 38. Sort of, have you do you think your rebound have you? could you have done that better are you kind of happy with what you've done so far or is it a case of where you kind of almost let yourself go a little bit because that's what i've seen in the past couple of weeks in terms of like your instagram stories having cookies and stuff like that <laughs> is that something which you're Naughty like bastard. <laughs> happy with or something which you because what i found is that having having a relationship it doesn't it don't get me wrong it's great but it doesn't help with going out more often eating the foods and yeah. kind of not knowing when to stop like my relationship with food got yeah. quite bad quite quickly and yeah, i didn't know absolutely. when to stop so are you happy with what you've done or is it a case of you've kind of maybe gone a little bit crazy and you need to rein it in a little bit because you still look um, great don't get me wrong oh uh, yeah um i appreciate the question um i i suppose yeah i could have i could have been more controlled i could have been you know stuck to the exact same 
the exact macros um, that were set out for me for, for the weeks after my show. Um, but then again, it's having that balance of owing that time to, to Molly, who's just sacrificed going out for meals and things like that. So I've gone out. I've gone out with her. I've also done 10,000 calorie challenges and things like that. Um, <laughs> and um, do you know what? I've, I've had a good time. And what I'm comparing it more so to is the, the approach that I had last season, which was no self-control whatsoever and gaining like 20 pounds in four days. Um, that type of just eating loads of shit. And in comparison to that, I've done a lot better. Uh, but yeah, I suppose I could have done better in the sense where I, I, I've adhered more. Um, like I've, I've, I have gone out for meals and I'm like, right, okay, I'm out for a meal. Let's eat as much as possible. Um, and uh, it's just trying to find that balance because after, after a show, you're like, right, I have freedom now of, of eating. But, but you don't. You don't have freedom. And I think that's what's important to know. If you have freedom over what you eat with that appetite that you have post-show, then you become a fat bastard very, very quickly. So I'm, yeah. I'm sort of been floating in between that of... I haven't gone completely out of control, but I haven't been completely adherent, um, I must admit. But yeah, nice. uh, the answer to your question is, yeah, I probably could have done it better, but I, old's not lost. I think, I think also the, the amount of weight gain seems almost more shocking than it, than it actually is because you obviously got to counter or put into the, the uh, circumstances that you've gone assisted. And yeah, yeah, I the, think that's helped be, a lot quite a lot of uh, body water shifting around due to that. So there's like yeah. even, so to put it into perspective, I've seen even with clients that have gone on to testosterone replacement therapy dosage, which is a lot lower than what Jack's using. And they've accumulated a, a lot of body water and that skewed the scale weight significantly. And you can even tell in, in your look like, a lot of the weight, well, not a lot of the weight, but a, a, a decent, a decent amount of, of some of the, the 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 body weight you've gained is 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 fluid retention, because your face is watery as fuck. <laughs> I came off prep, the most recent. I've got by far the fattest face on this podcast. How crazy is that? <laughs> I know you have. I literally, my head just rolled onto screen. That fat. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, but my, my face doesn't doesn't sort of correspond to how the the rest of me is oh, looking. I'm not I'm fun. not saying I'm not saying lead as fuck from the neck below, but I'm I'm not this. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, but I, apparently that is a very common thing for when when you do go assisted, your face just balloons up. Uh, trust I mean, me, I get to, I got told every day. When I'm working at the gym, like, wow, your face is fat. I'm like, yeah, you're the tenth person today to tell me that. Well, at least with that kind of frequency, you get used to it. It's not really like a, oh no, not my face. It's like, oh, that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. How? I know. I'll go and go for it. Besides, besides, like, you know, the you know dealing with the the foods and and the influence of being around Molly and things like that. Um, psych psychologically, do you think that this has been one of the 
one of your best sort of post-show phases or in comparison to the teenage one? Do you think you've Absolutely. been less upset about how you've been looking and you've been more excited about the bodybuilding journey itself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, because when I was when I was a teenager, I got that fat. I had to diet down so I could gain properly. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it's it's a lot better. Um, but yeah, this this time this time round, um, I've just sort of focused and any weight gained is has helped. Honestly, has helped with performance at the gym. Mm. So um, I'm just very very eager to just now. I just crack the fuck on in the gym. Yeah, sure. um, whereas before I was, you know, I had post-show blues quite bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first time is always the hardest, the first season, because you're like, what the fuck do I do now? Um, and you're like, how do I control what I'm feeling now? Whereas yeah. I sort of expected what's to come. Uh, it, it actually made me a little bit anxious um, because I was like, wow, it was really bad last time. I hope it's not as bad. Uh, but I think uh, this time round, because we had exact goals in place and we we had things put in place pretty much straight away, it gave me something new to focus on. So it wasn't like I was left in, left in limbo and just eating my face sure. off. Sure. Yeah. I, I just wanted to end or end with kind of what was your highlight of prep this year? Just what what was one of the highlights? Me and you, George. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Um I can shit over you on the most muscular. <laughs> <laughs> um it was to be fair, it was me meeting people and just conversing with like minded people and just being back in the scene again. Um I just loved being in the environment, being backstage, just just being a bodybuilder again. I just loved experiencing it. Even even the shit parts of prep, I loved suffering in prep. I loved you know feeling like shit, feeling hungry. I'm like shit. I have missed this, but I haven't. But I have. Um, well, I just even even meeting you this year, mate. Like it was great. It was great because yeah. you know we've. It, it gave, get you gain a lot of perspective when you speak about pe- when you speak to people about their prep and how they found it, and um, I, I think it's really cool to be able to do that. I think, I think one of the things reason... which you wanted to change. Go for it. Sorry. One one thing which you you want to change from your prep this year, leading oh. into a new the uh, your next one. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, um, um, I'm not too sure. Like, I think with me being assessed now, I would be able. I'll probably be able to get away with a shorter prep. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's it's very very tricky because a lot of variables will be different next time round. Um. Mm. So it would be very easy to say, oh, yeah, I want to start very lean so I can get in and with a short prep so I can be really peeled and, and all this. But it's, it all depends on, you know, what, what the set, setup's like. So th- this year, I think, went pretty perfect. I don't, can't imagine doing a better job myself or, you know, in a, a different way, to be fair. I think in hindsight... I have two things that I would have changed if I was you. 
So okay. I wouldn't have been having niggles and injuries. Bear in mind. Oh, yeah, well, true, true. This is the thing. You never mentioned this massively online because you're just not the type of guy to complain. Like your whole thing is hashtag too fucking easy, which I think is awesome and something that I'm really going to try and harness in my prep. I'm going to keep trying to you know, remind myself that certain phases I can just bolster through with mindset. You know, because I think that was one of the things you were very, very strong at. Um, something that I actually took from your prep massively was was that that mindset of, of you know, pushing yourself and making it seem like harder phases are are actually easy. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't have had the niggles because you basically trained the majority of your prep with zero presses and all of your chest and shoulder training was cuffed laterals and cuffed flies. Jack went into the gym and did fucking five to seven, eight sets of flies and cuffed laterals for his push sessions. Like, I don't know how you fucking did that, man. Like, because I mean, I'm pretty sure George would be the same. Like, I'd go insane if I had to do those kind of sessions. Like, when I was yeah. programming you those sessions, I was like, "Fuck me!" Like, <laughs> I just, I just, like, I don't like doing. I barely like those movements in a normal push session, let alone them being my only movements. No, oh, yeah, so yeah. Your your mindset towards that was was um, was pretty epic. So I'd have prepped without any injuries and. The second one I'd have prepped without fucking moving house at the most pivotal point. In yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Nightmare. Yeah, That was terrible. That was, yeah, that was pretty stressful to be fair. So we, uh, not only did your steps hit cataclysmic levels on a few days where they shouldn't have and caused you to accumulate George Osborne levels of, of diet fatigue, you know, getting oh, yeah. too faded look. <laughs> getting... I almost, I almost had a breakdown. I swear to God, I was that exhausted. Look at that, George. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no, but so, so, I might use that with clients next year. I'm like, you start, you start to fade. <laughs> George, stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and that wasn't only an issue with the steps and the energy expenditure and the stress of moving your shit. I know Molly did loads for you, but still you had to, you know, walk and do some stuff. Um, but it was the lighting that was the main issue. Like your lighting went from shit hot to horrendously fucking it's awful. Terrible. Still can't nail it now. No, no, no. Can't nail it now. It's still awful. So all of Jack, Jack's definitely like at least 10 pounds leaner in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's this house just makes you look fat as fuck, man. Even on the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have been better in the previous house on the webcam. Yeah, literally. Uh, I'm actually still stage lean, man. Yeah. Yeah, so those are, those are two things I'd have changed. Um, the rest of the pro was pretty, pretty fucking good. Yeah. So, um, I agree, man. I, uh, I have a more sort of comedic question comedic i have a comical question and route to go down next so we'll move away from some serious shit for a little bit um so uh, <laughs> over the course of getting to know you I, i've realized that you you attract some pretty weird individuals jack um so <laughs> no. can, you, can you explain to us sort of not like some of your experiences with sort of just getting into weird situations with weird people um maybe the most the most recent one and then the ones like maybe if you're willing to share the ones where you got picked up by random people and <laughs> why, why do you think this is happening to you, man? It's, 
<laughs> I don't. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh man, I'm just. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, I just get, I just get weird shit all the time. Weird, weird shit, and it's like it always starts off the same. You know, people have a nice, pleasant conversation, and then you it just gets weird. Yeah, honestly, but I can't ignore people because I'm like, oh, I'm scared that you're a pedo. You know what I mean? I can't ignore everyone I speak to. So I'm like, right, I'll give this guy a chance. No, he's a fucking pedo again. Oh, it's, that, that's how it turns out, honestly. It, like, I'm having people send shit to me now. Send shit. Like, I've got, I've got like, cutlery from people. <laughs> so, saving off this photographer. <laughs> yeah, which is great. It, like... It says breakfast of champions on, so it makes me feel like I am a champ. I did win a British. Pretty <laughs> laced it with red. <laughs> yeah, man. So I pass out a few times, but it's fine. Um, like, I remember waiting for the bus one day, and this guy, I was like, was, the bus was pretty late, and this guy was like, oh, where are you heading? I'm like, oh, uh, Apex Gym. And he was like, do you want to do a left? I'm going that way. I'm like, okay. So I get into the car and he was like, so, uh, you know, you're into fitness and that because you work at a gym. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing a prep at the moment. He was like, um, how would you like to earn 20 pounds for five minutes? Oh, no, no. Basically, he just wants me to touch a penis. And I was trapped in the car with him. I was like, I was looking at Google Maps, like how long did this journey have I got left? Should I come to stop the car or should I just lag it and just... Just ride this one out. Ride it. So, yeah. <laughs> Just ride, ride it. I actually got offered. Someone was like, would you like to be in my comic book? My porno comic book. And uh, I was like, do you know what? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, have you ever... <laughs> because he showed, showed me a picture. This guy had a penis over his shoulder. Um like a penis that big, he was carrying it over his shoulder. I was like, shit, I would like to see myself as that guy. If you could do that, that's, that's it for free, go on. It's like, okay, all I need is a picture of your penis. I was like, no. It was like, I need it so I can, so I can draw off it. I'm like, you cannot tell me that was to scale. The, the picture that you showed me with a penis over your shoulder, that was not to scale. Someone didn't send you a picture with a penis over the shoulder. Scale. <laughs> I've, been, like, I've been asked, I've been asked like, oh, pictures of your feet, kind of pictures of your feet. Uh, I just hey, send them to mates. I, I think you need to just focus on identifying these people and, and blocking them before they engage in these conversations. And pick I, I, up. Don't maybe, get picked up by anyone and... I asked, I asked my other bodybuilder friends. They don't get this. So I don't know what about me says I'm ready. What's the word? No. Open and lubed. <laughs> Open and ready. Like molestable. I just, I don't know. I, do I have one of those faces? <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I think you do. You have a face of someone innocent. Face. Yeah. Very welcome. Innocent. Mm. Harmless. <laughs> mm. Round. Round at the moment. <laughs> Round, yeah. <laughs> George, do you have any of your own questions? Uh I think I'm I think I've covered what I've wanted to cover. Cool. Um should we go into some 
listener questions? I've got some listeners' questions, yeah. Am I the only one with listener questions here? <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't think I have any. So I'll ask myself. Doing, doing that thing where it fucking just brings you straight off the questions as soon as you go on them. Um, fuck you. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, I can't scratch my own back anymore. <laughs> I'm going to buy myself a back my, my client, My client, Ben, Ben Croxford, asks, why were you the only one who looked so happy being on stage? You had such fun with your routine. Uh, your I routines think, are brilliant. Oh, thanks, man. I think what it is, is people don't know how to, or they haven't grasped uh, the ability to be in the moment at that that point and it's like the, the, the nerves get the better of them and they're that concentrated on not fucking up or whatever and whereas me I could just prance around in my pants because one I've practiced that much with my posing I've done a few shows before uh, I know that the, the time on stage is so so rare and so precious you just got to appreciate whilst you're on and a lot of I know a lot of competitors don't have that uh, perspective. And then once they come off, like, oh, shit, that was a short time on stage. I think, I think once you do a few shows or a few seasons or whatever, that's why you see a lot of pros there. Just, it looks like second nature to them. They don't, you, they don't really have, they, you know, they can enjoy themselves and let themselves go because they're just they're used to, to all the process. But for a lot of amateurs, it's very new to them, especially junior bodybuilders. It's very very new uh, concept to him. So I think that that was the main reason why. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, agree. I, I, wish, I, in, I wish I enjoyed my, um, when I was on stage, because it went so quick and you work so hard to display yeah. your physique that I think I, I came off as like, fuck, I wish I'd spent a little bit more time kind of showing off what I worked hard for, you know, even though it weren't, yeah, wasn't man. a winnable physique, it was just something that I should have been a, a little bit more proud of. Absolutely, of yeah, but I think this is the, the perspective that you get. I think what didn't help you was me twatting you around the head with a trophy before you went on stage. I think oh, yeah, was... yeah, yeah. That actually <laughs> really hurt. That I, was, I, was pressing, I was doing press-ups on the floor, <laughs> and it's really dark backstage, of course. Like, this was just, like, next to the stage, like, really, like ready to just go on. Yeah, at a show. And I, I was competing. I think that was the Northerns, wasn't it? Oh, it was um, those, I think it was... I think it was the no, Midlands. Midlands. BNBF. Yeah, I think it I think, was. Yeah. And I was doing press-ups on the floor. And I was about to get up. And then Jack didn't see me there on the floor because I was in like a little bit on my own just trying to focus. And the trophy just went whack straight in my head. And I was like, it, 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 I saw stars. I was dazed. I was like, wow, scrap. I was, I was nearly, like, nearly crying. It was painful. Dude, bear in mind, I, I've only just met this guy on this day. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's all right. I was like, fucking that girl. <laughs> I was like, I could tell he's not all right. Because he's like, yeah, it's all right. Ugh. Yeah, but in those situations, you've got to be like hard, innit? You're like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. And fucking yeah. afterwards, I was like, Fuck. Yeah, do it again, man. Like, it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Good. Um, Muscle Monster Hull. He asks, what irritates you in the gym today? What irritates me you in the gym today? What irritates you, Jack, in the gym? What irritates me? Well, um, I think on prep, 
the most was when people just coming up to me and just waffling shit. Just waffling shit. Like when you're in prep and you're just trying to source every ounce of energy into your set and someone comes up it's like, I'm going to have some fucking bacon tonight, man. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm like, fuck off. Or they're telling me the same shit like every day. Like, oh, yeah, I've just recently started doing this split on my arms, man. Yeah. And you've told me that the fifth time every time you've been in. And like, I can't, I just can't. I don't have the energy to even, I'm not being a dick. I just don't want you to speak to me at this current moment's time. Speak to me after or before. I think that was the main, the main thing that irritated me in, in prep. But, um, at the gym, but now I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more happy-go-lucky. So I will, uh, I'll, I'll sit and listen to some shit stories as long as it isn't too long, in the in the gym. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I think especially when I mean I know you train in like strength and apex and things like that, but you still sometimes in those gyms get people that don't really understand the the bodybuilding goal. And yeah. when I was prepping out of like underground, it was just a nightmare. Like the amount of just uh, like so awful waste of time conversations that I had with people that I actually quite liked, but I ended up oh yeah, because it's just like I've had this conversation about a million times, man. Like when you're competing, you're doing the UK BFF South Coast. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You have your own script, don't you? <laughs> you're just like, yep. Yeah. Uh, these are the answers. Uh, I've answered this 10 times today in this session. Very frustrating. Um, shit, what's the question again? Um, do, 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 do. So someone asked, I mean, it's quite a generic question, but they say his name is Babis. It just says zero cardio in the off season, question mark. Steps around 10 to 11K per day. So I'm guessing what he's answer, ask, asking is whether it's okay to not do cardio, but you have a reason for doing cardio, don't you, Jack? So. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think there's a case for anyone to do cardio in the off-season, to be fair. Like, um, whether you're assisted or not, um, but why not why not look after your heart? Yeah. Uh, why, not, why not keep yourself nice and fit so you're not gassed out in, in your sets? But yeah, the, the cardio that I'm doing at the moment is – Two lots of 35 minutes, uh, medium intensity, steady state. I'm doing that on the, the Stairmaster. Um, at the moment, I'm just trying to maintain my fitness whilst the, the weight does plummet up. So I'm just trying to hold on to any bit of fitness that I do have. Um, and steps are around about 10,000. Um, but sometimes I do go over. Very nice. Very good. I think... I, th I think you're right. I think everyone needs some CV. I think I I've seen even changes in my own blood pressure when I don't do CV and I'm not assisted. So, you know, I think uh, especially when you're at the peak end of your body weight sort of set point and you're pretty heavy, like yeah. keeping some cardiovascular health is probably a good thing because you will start to, you know, when you're putting in a lot of food, when you're stressing out your body under, you know, maximum loading in the gym because you're at your peak strength that's the time where you're going to start seeing, you know, ramps in blood pressure and things like that. So, um, and blood pressure is probably one of the most basic things you can do to monitor your health. So mm. only took you about 45 months to get the monitor. <laughs> I'm good now. Yes, I know. We've got it now. <laughs> keeping you alive now, which is good. Um, 
So yeah, other than that, I think the, the questions are, are pretty shite, to be honest. Um, actually, no. What's that, mate? I was going to say, with cardio, I, at the moment, I kind of auto-regulate mine. So yeah, I make sure I, I'm, I sometimes do it twice a week. I sometimes do it once a week. And if I'm absolutely bad, I won't do it at all. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I think right now, is that cardio going to build me muscle? Is it going to help turn my performance better in my next session? If it's not, then I'm, I'm not going to do it. Like, like I pulled my hamstring the other day on the fucking abductor. And on Sunday, I, can, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rest up my hamstring. Course, yeah. um, sensible things like that. My hamstring feels fine now. How do you pull your hamstring on the adductor? Oh, basically, you know, when you, with the adductor, you know, when you kind of push it out and it kind of clicks into a place, mm. well, obviously it didn't click into place properly. And I obviously moved the weight in because, you know, kind of when you have to kind of just move your hands in to get the weight to come. Yeah, get it, get it shifted. Yeah. And it wasn't in place and it just moved and just went ping on my hamstring. I was limping around for wow. the whole entire day afterwards. I was like, babe, I, I can't train. I can't do this. But oh. luckily now it's, it's much better. Stupid things like that. It pissed me off. Yeah. That did. Ping some fibers. Yeah. As JP would say. Get some pineapple <laughs> on that side. <laughs> <laughs> um, Caitlin actually asked a good question. Caitlin Hill, um, the natty figure monster. Um, oh yeah. She asks, would I have entered you into an open bodybuilding class last year? So, I mean, I guess that's more of a question directed at me, but what would your opinion have been on if I said, oh, come on, Jack, let's do, you know, the middleweights or, well, you would have been a middleweight, wouldn't you? So what would your opinion on that would have been? I know what mine is, but what's yours? I'd have loved that. I would have loved that just to see where I stood. I mean, that's something you did um, in your, one of your qualifiers. You were... Uh, yeah, went into lightweights and um, you know you got second against a really really competitive uh, guy like and you know you, I think that gave you uh, the perspective in um, this season well your next season you know mm. like if I if I have this off season then there is a place for me in the lightweights I believe that would have had a similar sort of effect on myself it's like okay I probably wouldn't have expected to win, especially with the standard of the middle, middles this year. But, um, you know, if I had have placed quite nicely, it probably would have made me feel good. But, mm. um, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have been expected to win, but it's nice to see where I would have stood in the middle class. Yeah. I think if you'd have been able to cross over at one of the shows, I would have definitely done it. But considering... Um, the fact that we knew you were definitely going to do both finals and the goal was in our, the back of our minds to potentially do worlds in November, like from a coaching standpoint, I wanted to hold as much ammunition in the tank as possible. Whereas conversely with someone like George, I know that George's next goal is to compete in the lightweights because he would have been out of the juniors and I knew wanted to stay natural and do another season naturally. And also we kind of, by the first couple of shows had it in the back of our head that we probably weren't going to do finals. So with that in mind, we could rack in some more qualifiers. Um, hence why, you know, George got on stage quite a bit, obviously again, first, first time competitor, the more, the more you do shows, the more confidence you build, the more mistakes you make, the more lessons you learn. Like we learned lessons with Tam, didn't we mate? Learned lessons with, learned lessons with food options, learned lessons with, the bloat, the midsection, like doing more shows was, was very beneficial. I think, to be honest, it probably would have 
it might may even have helped you to do another another show or two because we might have found that sort of peak that required a little bit more food a little bit earlier um, because I think for the the BMBF you still were maybe a little bit undercarbed for that one um, probably wouldn't have changed the result massively unfortunately and then the UK FBA we kind of caught up with ourselves a little bit and managed to push the food harder and I think that definitely did pay off. Um, but yeah, you just came up for that one. You came up against someone who was just massively improved, um, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any other questions, or are they all just shite? Uh, pretty rubbish, to be honest. <laughs> A lot of them are hi at AJ Morris underscore. Yeah, I'll be getting that lady. What's that about? Do you want to connect? <laughs> Do you want to connect? Anally. Anal connection. Um, Anal connection, erection, perfection. <laughs> like, yes. DM. Slide in. Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that's about it. That, that's about it, to be honest, isn't it, really? Mm. Unless there's anything else you want to really discuss. Obviously, like, you know, coaching-wise... You know, both of you guys are, you know, building up your coaching brands and things like that. So um, if anyone who is listening to this podcast wants a, a very good cracking coach, then head the way of one of these guys because they'll do a fantastic job. Um, and I know you both put a lot of fucking time into what you do. And that's the main thing, to be honest. Like we'll all make, you know, mistakes and we'll all level up in terms of knowledge as coaches. But the main, the main thing, in my opinion, in terms of what drives a good coach is how much time, effort and care you put into what you do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree because you can have coaches that know a lot of shit and don't give the time to the clients. So that knowledge is pretty, pretty useless really because they're not really utilizing that and putting it into their coaching. Yeah. So, and for for the listeners, Jack, like in your in your head, when do you see yourself getting back on stage? Like when when would you like to try and vie for that classic pro card? What year do you think that will happen realistically? Um, I don't think it's viable next year. Although, no. I, you know, I do do like to, uh, you know, I like pizza. I would like to. Um, so. 2021 maybe at the earliest but if i'm not ready um then you know it would be probably 2022 but 2021 we're going to try to aim for that i i'm in agreement with that to be honest i think you'll know i think with the pictures you'll know massively whether you're ready or not because the changes you're going to see over the next six months are going to be pretty ridiculous so you know seeing even with some, you know, like Bridgman, who's obviously aiming for more of the physique level of muscularity, even with the changes he's made in such a relatively short period of time is pretty phenomenal. Um, something that would probably happen next year is doing some form of diet to get you resensitized and then do another yeah, phase of pushing with maybe some extra goodies added in and then get another sort of phase of, of really, you know, pushing the limiter and then looking to see whether that gets you into where you need to be and then yeah look at a prep but yeah absolutely i agree with that it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool and just for the listeners as well before they think i'm handling any of the assistance i'm not so 
Jack's working with professionals in that area as well. So people that we trust, people that we know are going to take care of things and have an educated opinion, both like research and um, anecdotally backed. So I'm not doing any of that. I'm just here as the same coach I was beforehand. But I think it works well that I'm still around and that I can still monitor training and nutrition. Yeah, Danny's handling my courses. And she <laughs> <laughs> Josh just read a few PubMeds and he's like, ah, it's all new. New cookies. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll, um, we'll end it here, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. Great. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we'll look forward to next episode where it'll probably be. Myself and George back again, and the rotation of of uh, of podcast will probably be me and George on, me and George off, and a guest, and then uh, yeah, just uh, rotate, and we'll see uh, we'll see who we can get on next time. If you have any requests for who you want to see, just drop it in the comment box on YouTube or message one of us on Instagram and DM, and we'll try and get them on unless they're too famous and they don't want to chat to two little skinny naturals. So. You know. We'll try and we'll try and make do. Jack was pretty hard to get on, to be fair. So, yeah, well, <laughs> pain. you know, I I cleared my diary, and obviously that was a hefty bribe. And um, <laughs> since since going into the pro leagues, it's yeah, <laughs> the price is just going up and up and up. Yeah, man, professional right. eater at the moment. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Good. Uh, good night. Good morning. Bye. <laughs> See ya.